1: What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 93 of the Talking Shot Podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, and joining me as, I guess, usual or semi-usual, the great Eric Cole. What's up, man?
0: Hey, man. How are you?
1: I'm okay. Uh, We were talking before we started recording. Uh, I'm not in the clearest state of mind. I just uh, had to drive to Florida and back in a couple of days, and my seven-hour return trip took about ten and a half, Um, so...
0: That's code for Brad has been drinking, everybody. This uh, I don't
1: this. drink, too. That's the thing. Like, it's uh, one of those nights where it would be, it would be nice if I did kind of thing. Um, right. Might be time to unwind a little bit. But uh, shouts to Eric for being awake on a late hour on Sunday as we can record this because uh, we're already late, as people, I'm sure, pointed out. It's kind of funny. Uh, last week on the podcast, we talked extensively about how we were not going to do an emergency podcast. Uh, and then I got approximately 38 questions about asking whether I was going to do an emergency podcast. Um, so sorry, guys. Um, well,
0: fortunately, I mean, we, we got our podcast, you know, the, the Road to Atlanta yes. podcast, we got that up pretty quickly. Uh, oddly enough, like, even though, like, you were, like, literally probably going to be up in about three hours that night, he's like, So, I mean, I do have a window at 11 p.m., and I'm like, We're going to record hours. You get some sleep, and we'll, you know, <laughs> we'll figure it out next week. But.
1: Yeah, it was one of those uh, one of those nights where it wasn't going to happen for me. I was glad you guys did it. So if you guys missed that podcast, please go subscribe to Road to Atlanta and listen to that podcast every time it goes up, um, to be sure. Uh, but here we are um, for a non emergency emergency podcast talking about uh, mostly what happened at the uh, beginning of the week. Although it seems like a lifetime ago now, I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's just me and my uh, whirlwind holiday. But feels like it's been a month and it's only been six not even six days five days
0: uh yeah i mean it's i'm just glad it's over
1: <laughs> like
0: Save. I, I, I mean it it just seemed like every day we're like is this going to be the day and then we're going to be like well we're going to push it the next week or oh well they're going to talk to someone else or well they're pushing the announcement until tomorrow and i'm just like can this just be over at this point um and obviously the announcement was really bad and it just kept piling on over the course of the day and you know now that i'm kind of you know, we're on the other side of it, where we can kind of, you know, at least see what things look like now. I mean, I'm not sure if I feel better about it, but I'm glad that it's not like this like mysterious thing that's hanging over the franchise. That's for sure.
1: Yes, yeah, that's, that's the best way to put it. I would say is is just we we know what it is. Uh, I think. Some of the reason, other than people just not listening, <laughs> that they were asking what that was going to do the emergency podcast was that uh, it was more than most people thought it was going to be. Uh, I will say, you know, I I had heard, and I think I said this on the podcast, even that I had heard it, it, it could be six or seven guys. Uh, this was more than six or seven guys, so I, I understand that um, it was. Uh, so I guess I don't know. Was, is your was your first reaction that's more than I thought, or was it just about what you thought it was going to be by the end? I know it's sort of slowly trickled out, so we kind of knew before we knew if that makes sense. Right. So, I think this is very
0: an interesting way in which Major League Baseball worded all of this, right? Because ostensibly, the reason why basically the entirety of the 2016 class was invalidated was from value was from violations from the 2015 season, right? And those are those are guys like Christian Pache, Darian Cruz, you know, guys we've we've grown to well, at, at, at the very least, in the case of Pache, these are guys we've really grown to like, and we don't want to lose. Now, however, the entirety of the reporting over the over over this for, like, the last, what, couple months has been whether or not the Braves, you know, had verbal handshake agreements beforehand with Kevin Maiton, whether or not money changed hands, and whether or not there was bundling that happened during that 2016, you know, t- that 2016 season because the signing bonuses weren't lining up with the talent that they were getting back and all this other stuff, like the ones that were at least publicly proclaimed. Uh I think that the way Major League Baseball did this is twofold. One, I think that Major League Baseball understands that there's no way that they're going to be able to police those pre-July 2nd verbal handshake agreements. They're just not going to be able to do it. The, the, it, would become a, it would become a nightmare with basically every team in the league getting punished for it because every team is legal. Every team is guilty of it. What they are trying to crack down on, and that's what they got with the Dodgers, is the idea of bundling, trying to – a team bundling signing certain players so that way that they can ultimately get all the money to a particular player that they want while not going over any caps or anything like that. Um, And I think that's what they were ultimately deciding. You know what? The Braves were so brazen in their signings on the international market over the last several years that the only way we can do this without causing a riot amongst all of our ownership – and with all these other teams because ultimately everyone's guilty of the, some a lot of these crimes is by saying look this is the one thing we're going to focus on which is you know the amount of like going over the cap and by saying that they would because of the extra extra money that was you know because of the bundling and because of the extra benefits to certain players they would have been in the penalty for the 2016 season we're just going to go ahead and declare all these guys free agents um and you know that's that's Certainly a way to do it. Yeah, That uh, is certainly b- 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 a
1: way to do it, yes.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and it prevents a lot of appeals from the Braves, right? Because, you know, while the Braves should would have an appeal saying, you know what, this seems like selective enforcement, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, because everyone breaks these rules, they're, they're focusing on one specific rule, but unfortunately, just to kind of make that case clear and really nailing the Braves for it, losing 13 players severe signing restrictions for two seasons, which I think is the worst part of the whole thing. Uh, and then a couple other, you know, guys like, you know, Bay getting, you know, sent free agency because of a, a separate issue and not being able to sign Pusan uh, because they, were, they had already apparently signed him to uh, already had an agreement in place for him and they're does not gonna allow him to sign him. Not, none of it is good. Uh, I would say that if I was ranking the things that I cared about the most, it would be that the two years of really severe signing restrictions uh and then the losing of the prospects and then the you know losing the third round pick guy kind of stinks but you know beyond that you know it's those are the two things that matter the most but the the, st- the signing restrictions being the biggest part
1: yeah let's talk about that because i think I say the headliner is loss of prospects and especially with my tongue, like he's the, he's the one guy that basically you know even casual fans mm-hmm. know but you know beyond that and i want to talk about those guys too but let's talk about the the bonus thing now because uh i think as something that I heard from you guys, and I trust your opinion, and that seems like it was definitely uh, overlooked a little bit, which makes sense, because there's not a face to that, but uh, I guess, I don't know, talk about what you think of that, and how much it hamstrings the Braves moving forward, because that's always the question that we get is, you know, how much is this going to ruin the Braves moving forward, and uh, on one hand, it could have been worse, and on the other, that's just actually going to sting pretty bad. Uh, th-
0: th- that's going to hurt for a while, and it's going to require, it's going to put a lot of pressure on the draft, like, on um, the draft scouting side of things, and you know, and may make them may allow them or force them to make trades they normally wouldn't make, if that makes any sense. Because let's be clear, the loss of all these prospects, including Kevin Maiton, a guy who, while the scouting reports in his from his first year in the pros weren't good, I mean, he's still a guy that we liked a lot. And there was a lot of these guys like Junior Severino we really liked a lot, and just you know, Levant and Soto. I mean Garrett's heartbroken over losing him, Jeffrey Del up del rosario juan contreras these are all guys we liked a lot and those are the system is obviously worse from losing these guys but i don't think that that like even if maybe the braves just knocks them out of having the top farm system because they were already kind of close with the white Sox, you know and they lose some of that depth in the lower minors um you know but they're still like a top three season system, farm system in baseball the problem is is that a lot of this depth in the next year and a half or so is going to be graduating, you know, with, you know, the the expected anyway, graduations of guys like Ronald Acuna, Mike Soroka, Colby Allard, Max Freed, all, all these guys are going to be graduating, you know, and with guys like Colby Allard, I mean, not just Colby Allard, but, you know, Austin Riley, all these guys are right there. I mean, they're all in double A or higher. And in the lower minors, there's, I mean, Rome was certainly still a stacked team, still had plenty of talent on it. But you basically lost most of your rookie league roster other than the, the 2017 draftees. You know what I mean? And the, you can't – it's hard to replenish that. So what happened – it's hard enough to replenish that because you lose that many guys, right? But the Braves were already in the penalty for next signings period because they were, they, they overspent their, their, pen, their, their, uh, their pool when they were signing Kevin Miton and all these other guys. Not only did they not get any of those guys. But they also can't sign anybody realistically for over $300,000 for next signing period. And then the period after that is when it gets really bad because they, uh, they've had their entirety of their bonus pool taken from them, which means they cannot sign anyone for more than $10,000 during that signing period, which basically means they don't get to sign anybody.
1: That's the thing. I mean, I think people are yeah, always, like, sort of glossing over that, but that, that's basically what yeah, that means. Like they can't get yeah, anybody.
0: That, yeah, it's really bad. You know. And then the following year, they have their, their bonus pool cut in half all of these things are brutal and it, it compounds the problem that Braves are going to find themselves in is that there's not going to be as much talent filtering up from ro- the rookie ball. Cause I mean, all these guys are lottery tickets. Let's make no mistake about it. When you're signing 16 year old kids, you know, you can, you can see real talent there, but you know, guys can get to the states and either you know don't know how to don't know how to act in public or you know they they mature in weird ways or you know they their bodies change and they, it alters their swings it alters the, how they pitch it, you know some guys you don't think are going to be anything end up being able to throw 98 because they just they're they're, te- they're teenagers and all of a sudden they become adults and they're entirely different people it's just what happens but you want as many of those lottery tickets in your system as you can and what the braves had done over the past is focused on the with the draft, focus on pitching and getting all their position players from the international market. And the international market, in addition to the, pa- the past sign- – the 2017 signing – 2016 signing period, not going to bear- be able to bear basically any fruit simply because they're- all those guys are gone, or at least most of them. But the next three signing periods, it's going to be incredibly difficult to get anything out of, anything at all, which – means that does this change what the Braves have to do in the draft or how they acquire young assets in terms of how they're trading for guys? I mean, I don't really know, but the signing period stuff is what's going to be the biggest problem. Uh, And there's also just questions I have because, like, for example, not this next year but the year after, when they have their entirety of their pool taken from them, I have no idea if they can – I know they can't trade away – international bonus pool money well, if they like can they trade for it mm. yeah. If they, but if they can acquire it yeah. i have no idea it's a stated thing that they can't uh, they can't sign I th- i'm pretty sure it's a stated thing that they won't be able to sign a player for more than ten thousand dollars which is pretty prohibitive but if you can trade for slot money i mean i don't know i don't i know there are guys a lot of guys that get signed for that amount so maybe the braves just try to go wide and try to get a bunch of those guys in and see what happens but i don't even know that's something that's possible right now um and you know it's there's also this lingering possibility and I don't want to get one anyone hopes anyone's hopes up it's entirely it is theoretically possible I will say that that some of these prospects sign back with the Braves although I would highly doubt it uh, and they won't be able to do so until May so there's a lot of reasons why that won't happen but uh, it's a possibility
1: yeah um, I don't know it's kind of it's kind of scary in some ways uh, I mean obviously there you know there are other ways to build a roster and the I mean the, the existing part system is still good, so it's not like this. Uh, this they're gonna yes. be barren, um, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's not prohibitive. It's just it's tough to um, sort of brush under the rug because I mean there, I've seen arguments made you know reasonably that this that, that it could have been worse and that you know it might seem worse than it is, but uh, you know it's it's bad. There's no there's no way around it no, being bad. It, no, I it's mean, not
0: good. Yeah, um, and I mean there's a couple of things that I expect to happen. Like, I expect Anthopolis to really target comp round picks in, you know, True. you know the, the in, in in trades. And I would hope that given the fact that the Braves aren't going to be spending money on in the international market, that maybe possibly during this 2018 free agency period where all these good players are going to be floating around, that maybe, you know, Liberty Media loosens the purse strings a little bit and we can go start going and get some guys. Because if you can sign some guys, you know, who are still in their prime and, you know – we still have we still have a, a a really good young crop of players in the minor leagues right now that may be able to buy you the time you need to get out of this penalty phase where you can kind of continue to make this you know continue to make this a sustainable thing assuming that your drafts your your drafts go well
1: yeah i mean it's there are ways to go around i mean i, I mean you, you you have to assume that Anthopoulos had some level of idea what was coming. I mean, not specifically, but like I think he was probably uh, preparing for what he thought it might have been. It could have been worse than that, of course. But um, I don't know. There's probably going to be.
0: I would agree with that. Yeah, there's
1: there's a plan in place. I'm sure it doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but there's uh, certainly going to be a plan in place, and we'll see what happens from there. Um, Just by the way, I think it's important. I I know you know, Road to Atlanta listeners will be more clued in on all of the guys um, who were lost here, and there are 13 of them. Uh, my, I, mean, I the sort of a straw poll that I took, um, um, sort of on purpose from some of my friends that are not, um, I wouldn't say diehard, you know, reading talking chop every day kind of Braves fans. Um, more like, you know, the Braves are my, are my favorite baseball team kind of fans. And the only right. guy that they had heard of or even come close to hearing of was Kevin Miton, which right. is sort of, I think we, I think I want to point out, when people sort of forget, um, how little they, how little most fans actually. None, 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 none necessarily care about these kind of prospects but um are just un, just unaware of them I guess is the best way to put it so uh, just quickly for for that for our purposes here on those people that may not be super dialed in myton is the biggest name but um you know any any other guys that you want to quickly mention as to like how big of an impact that that, that will losing them could have on the Braves just because I think that's uh while it's probably the the only time o- it's part of this that people are really focusing on, I think it's also one that's kind of easy to brush off if you don't recognize the names. Uh
0: obviously Kevin Maiton is the guy that, that got the most billing. He was a shortstop prospect. Uh some people think he was gonna be destined for a third base. You know, switch hitting has real raw power, has real had you know has real promise for the ability to hit. Uh, was probably one of the better in terms of like hype and in terms of you know overall talent level international signings of the last ten years. Uh, and you know he could end up being really good somewhere, but the pros, you know the scouting reports on um, his rookie year weren't particularly good. He said he got he said he got too big and that you know his swing was all messed up. Uh, Abraham Gutierrez was a catching prospect that had a lot of promise uh, whether or not his bat was ever going to play was a remain to be seen, but he could uh, we saw him down in Florida and he really could catch and he definitely definitely is a strong kid. Ah, uh, Junior Severino is probably one of the kids we liked the most down there, uh, and he, you know, has real power, real pop. He played second base. Um, whether or not he was going to end up, it, it, it was almost like it was a possibility he was going to be stuck without a position because he wasn't a particularly good second baseman, but he just had a real feel for hitting. So uh, that remains to be determined. Uh, two pitchers that we really liked a lot were Juan Contreras, who has really live stuff, but we're not n- still has lacked the ability to throw strikes. Uh, and Jeffrey Del Rosario, who had you know really, I, I think a really good fastball and you know a hammer and a hammer curveball when he was controlling it, but was again still kind of learning the learning the craft. There were there were several other guys with some promise, and you know especially with the Jay Juan Bays, but we hadn't really gotten much information on him yet, and he had na- that that contract never even got approved to the approval phase yet. So there's a there's a lot to you you can kind of there's you can find things alike like with a lot of these guys, but those are kind of the big names I would mention.
1: Yeah, and by the way, I mean just to sort of drive home the point about what we were making before about you know only having ten thousand dollars per guy to sign. Uh, if you look at the, at the list of the guys that the Braves lost, basically all of them were million dollar players. <laughs> so like in terms of bonuses... And, and,
0: and there were guys that we had never heard of. Which between the four of us, that's that's a that's a difficult task they well they all they all made over three hundred thousand plus right all, which is even,
1: wild so I think it just again just to drive home I, I know people won't think this is obvious and uh, you know to you and I it would be as well but not being able to spend real money is going to kill them on that in that for that for those couple of years in that particular market it's just like they're not gonna be able to sign anybody which is what it is but because uh, as you kind of mentioned there, there are guys especially, on this list that i didn't know the, the especially investing. that middle year yeah, yeah the
0: middle year is gonna be the brutal one cut, getting your pool, getting your pool cut in half really stinks but you can at least make a play for a, a guy or two uh and you know the next year where we're in the penalty and you can you can only sign guys for hundred three hundred thousand. it's theoretically possible you can get something worth for your money there but you know that that the 2019-2020 signing period is going to be really bad.
1: Yep, and uh, we don't want to keep going down that road, but I think it's just important to sort of break down all this stuff in the way that happened. I know we're late on it, but uh, you know, on the bright side-ish, not, not not too much has happened since then, so people have been able to sort of read. I, I would hope people have read our I, stuff about it. I
0: now. am genuinely shocked that AA hasn't made a trade yet.
1: Yeah, like, I mean, there's... Like,
0: I mean, there was the there was the moves right before the the twenty man the forty man deadline, but you know, like in terms of like you know, like just making some noise. Just look
1: over here. It's the t- the, the, the the typical uh, misdirection It did not uh, happen.
0: Plus, plus he likes to make trades. Just well, yeah,
1: it's happen. and it's easier in baseball to make a deal like that because even if it's not, um, you can make a a trade that's noticeable without it actually being huge for your future. Like you can just kind of make the deal that's like, hey guys, we did something. Look over here. Check this yeah. out. Um, right. I mean, I, I, real quickly, we should talk about the 40-man roster stuff because the Braves did make some moves. In fact, Anthopolis um, went out and got a couple of guys from the Dodgers, which I'm sure he's uh, very familiar with. Uh, Josh Ravine, I believe it is.
0: Raven, Ravine, I mean, one, one of those. Of the two. Yeah.
1: Uh, right-handed pitcher the Braves actually traded for for cash considerations, and then they also claimed a left-hander named Grant Dayton off waivers from the Dodgers. So both those guys, obviously, Anthopolis will be – very familiar with and the Braves also picked up the contracts and put them on the 40-man roster for Ricardo Sanchez and Adam McCreary, which one of those I know you didn't love, it seems.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, for, I can voice my thoughts just on the 40-man stuff first. I, I didn't think that Adam McCreary was, had any risk of being picked in the, in the, in the rule five draft. Now I might just be wrong about that. Uh, but you know, he's, and he's certainly not a bad relief prospect. I just think that there are guys that are more likely to be picked than him. Uh, it just generally speaking and for those roster spots. Um, now, that, I may just be wrong about that, and I was pretty convinced that the Braves were going to add Dustin Peterson and Travis DeMeritt, but it's very possible that the Braves kind of did a survey around the league and it was pretty much determined that there was no risk that they were going to be taking it all, and J.J. Cooper from Baseball America and the like seemed to seem to agree that those guys aren't going to be picked, uh, which makes probably makes Scott Coleman make a sad face because his boy Dustin, Dustin Peterson isn't going to be picked by anybody in the Rule 5 draft.
1: Yes, uh, the sadness uh, will be yes.
0: there. You know, it's kind of that, 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 that's a pretty brutal coming to coming to Dustin was dealing with an injury this year so I'm not I'm not willing to completely write him off yet but I'm I i have not also not like I've never been exactly super excited about him either. Uh and Travis Demaris certainly has his his faults. But again, I was just a little surprised that those guys weren't uh added to the roster just but because we had slots available. But this gives, you know, the Braves some more bullpen depth. Um not at the same time you know, Grant Dayton is a guy that has a lengthy arm injury history, and then you have Josh Ravine, who you know has a lengthy PED suspension on his record and some and you know some questionable track record in terms of success in the minor leagues uh, as well as in the majors. You know, with one good year and one not so good year. So, I mean, I'm fine with these sorts of acquisitions because they're just kind of you know just try them out and see how it works, and if it doesn't, then you know they just you just try to find someone else. But you know. It's nice to see that the Braves are at least making a concerted effort to try to make the bullpen a priority and, you know, get some more help in there because right now, the uh, the number of good pitchers is greatly outnumbered by the ones that are not particularly good. So uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Ricardo Sanchez, I think, just as a, the the forty man deadline approached, it seemed like he was kind of a consensus. He was going to get added. Uh, he's still really. He's. I mean, even though he's been in the system long enough to be a Rule Five draft, he's still actually really young. Uh, and has, and has some significant promise, uh, this next year, if he has a, if he has a good year and can actually get into double A and triple A, um, you know, that would be great for him. But if he can't really prosper more, especially more than he has, uh, then I highly doubt that he's going to be lasting on that Braves 40 man roster for longer BI past this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, not too much to add to that. I just think uh, this is stuff that's very subtle and uh, as a result doesn't get a whole lot of coverage. But uh, I, I think, as, as you kind of mentioned, that the guys who were not out of the 40-man probably got more attention than the guys who were, which makes sense. I mean, it, those, those guys are a little, a little bit more famous and uh, Peterson, Demerit, especially. Um, but, you know, nothing crazy enough in there to where it was like a landmark occasion, uh, just something that the Braves had to do something. They did a couple of things, uh, I, you know. No, no huge thoughts on that, just wanted to at least hit on it, but uh, you know, I, I forgot to mention this, and we have to talk about it at least for a second. Let's talk about Copy's lifetime ban, because oh, yeah. uh, that was the, I don't want to say as the headliner, but it was certainly, that was the biggest surprise for me on all of it. Um, not that he would have serious trouble, because we kind of all figured he was going to have some serious individual trouble there, but a lifetime ban is another thing altogether, where are you at with that? Because I actually I actually don't know. We, have, we we have uh,
0: look, we're we're kind of all in uncharted waters in yes. terms of like what these punishments should or should not be. Uh, especially since what I think the Braves got punished for is drastically different than what they were guilty of. And I've already kind of made my thoughts on that. I think what happened is that Copy lied to Major League Baseball multiple times, and that is a really good way to make whatever commissioner. Or whoever's in charge of discipline, really upset. Uh, especially, you know, a, a, certain, like, a certain amount of contrition or something like that goes a long way. And, you know, articles I've read said, like, you know, there are multiple times where he changes stories or flat out did not tell the truth. And, again, if you read the language of Major League Baseball's investigation and kind of what their conclusions are, like, copy just, like, you know, it's like, the first paragraph is just generally like the players, the personnel responsible for these violations are no longer with the Braves. We are confident that the Braves won't do that again. And then like, it's like two sentences like John Coppola, you don't get to play in base. You don't get to do anything in baseball ever again. And there's no real explanation as to like, kind of what is uniquely different that he did versus Gordon Blakely or what was so particularly egregious that they put him on like the Pete Rose list. You know, it's, it's pretty bad to to ban a guy for life. I was expecting like a five year ban or something like that, where you know he was just gonna it was gonna take him a while to get the chance get a chance to work in baseball again. Uh, a lifetime ban is no joke, and I'm frankly, I mean, I'm I'm surprised at the length of it. That's for sure. Uh, yeah. Gordon Blay, Gordon Blately getting a year a year long ban doesn't surprise me. Agreed. It's kind of like
1: I just the, the lifetime ban thing is is weird for a number of reasons. I I understand. I mean, somebody got asked this to me. I didn't really have an answer for it, but you know, it's kind of their. It's kind of the one thing that they can do to somebody. Like the one year ban makes sense, but like, were you gonna give Copy a ten year ban? Like that's kind of a. I mean, it's it's sort of a weird thing where like it kind of sounds reasonable to me to give a guy a one year ban or even like a three year, five year ban. But like, is there a twenty year baseball ban? Because like that isn't that that's just a lifetime ban basically. Like if you tell a sure. guy he can't work in a league of twenty for ten even ten years. That's basically a lifetime ban because, like, is he going to come back in the league after ten years? Probably not. I don't know. It's just a weird, like, if it sounds super severe and it obviously is super severe, I just, I, I got me thinking, like, yeah, it's kind of a good point. Like, I, I don't, I don't. Maybe I'm wrong and maybe I just don't know. But have they ever given anybody a ban that was more than a couple of years long? Like for any reason? I just think it's like, all right, it's either going to be three years or a lifetime. It's like. The guy's, I mean, years, I, the guy's 39 years old. Like life yeah, it is a long time.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I, I guess I wouldn't understand the difference between a, an offense that was punishable by 10 years versus punishable by life. That's my like, thing. What, what, like, what, what, what is the weird. difference? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that, that's that's a reason. I mean, and it's not like there isn't a situation where Coppola can't apply for reinstatement. I mean, Pete Rose has been doing that forever. Um, and, you know, it's very possible that he'll just get, he'll they'll say no over and over again. But, I mean, Rob Manfred and Major League Baseball are, very serious when they say that there are certain things in the international market it doesn't seem like there's gonna be all of them but there are certain things in the international market that they are not going to tolerate at all and you know one of them is you know bundling to try to get more money to overspend the cap and the other one is lying to them about it and it sounds like copy did a lot of both so
1: yeah no i mean i was uh listen i think you and i were expecting a, a fairly severe punishment for john coppola so it wasn't as if him being uh, outed by name was any going to be a big surprise, but lifetime man was not in my projection. I will say, uh, just because. Uh,
0: uh, I am with you there.
1: That's, I mean, he's the fourth person, uh, the fourth, the fourth active person to be on the lifetime man list, and uh, so let's his see,
0: Pete Rose, uh, uh, Yomir the, the Mejia, from, yeah, the, from the Mets,
1: and uh, well, from, I believe the guy from the uh, from the Cardinals, the hacker.
0: Did he get a lifetime ban?
1: Yeah, that's what I've. Re- I, I didn't know that, but I, I read that in a few different things this week, talking okay. about the people that were actually on the list.
0: Very possible, and then there's you know the shoeless Joe Jackson. Yeah, and, and then yeah, obviously uh, he's
1: he's no longer with us, so that didn't uh, necessarily matter right. anymore. But yeah, that's the people that are the people that are alive and banned. Uh, there are now four of them from everything that I've read this week. Um, so and yeah, one of them, Sean Copeland, who happens to be 39 years old. So. Uh, you know, copies of copies very smart and qualified. He'll get another job doing something, um, but it's just a it's a very weird thing to just think about a guy being lifetime it, banned at 39.
0: And, and it was a very sad day overall. Just it kept the, they kept piling on, and then you're just like the the weight of it. You realize, you know, this is gonna be something that alters the franchise for the next decade. Now it doesn't ruin it. No, it does not do that because the the system system's too good right now. There's too much money coming in the the Braves have the ability to be fine but this makes things harder and it's something that will be felt for a long time to be sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um before we get out of here man, we don't need to go super long on this uh on this fine podcast, but I do want to talk about the Hall of Fame ballot a little bit. Um, yeah. I think we know Chipper's going to get in the Hall of Fame at least uh in- <laughs>
0: He's made a, he made a lot of people mad with his tweets. Yeah, I didn't realize, I I didn't realize mad, how widespread was, this was.
1: That was where I was going. I didn't realize that either. Um, it's I never thought he was going to be unanimous anyway. There was some buzz that he could be close, but no. But for whatever reason, nobody can be unanimous. For you know, Greg Max wasn't unanimous. That's kind of the end. That's kind of the last one for me. It's like, all right, this is never going to happen. No one's ever yeah. going to be unanimous. Um, but yeah, Chipper apparently has angered some folks. Which I listen the, the tweets that were uh, referenced they are not good. There's no way around that at all. Um, I think Chipper's going to get in, but it won't be by the margin that I originally thought in reading some of, some of that stuff. And, of course, Andrew's on the ballot as well. My thoughts on Andrew are well-documented. I think Andrew should be in the Hall of Fame, but I don't think he's going to get in uh, anytime soon. He might get in near the end, potentially. Yeah, but yeah. As kind of... It might, it, might be, know, it might be the Tim Raines thing where you have to have so many people yes. yelling about him for so long that he finally gets in that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, he gets the Jonah Carey treatment. Correct. You know, it, you know the Jonah Carey Ryan Spader treatment. I
1: will be I will sign up to be Andrew Jones Jonah Carey. I'm just not as famous as Jonah Carey is, so that's unfortunate for for well, Andrew. I mean, Andrew, just no of, I
0: mean, just help Jonah and Ryan get Edgar Martinez and you know Larry Walker and those guys in, and then and then you know they'll, they'll Andrew's the kind of guy that they would love. I so, will go on
1: yeah. a uh, on an international tour uh, re- representing Andrew Jones in the way that uh, Jonah did for Tim Rance. And by the way, Tim Rance should have been in a long time ago. So
0: oh, not even yeah, it, it's not it,
1: even it's not as if uh, Joe did anything crazy because uh, Tim Rance should have been in for sure. But uh, so should Andrew Jones. By the way, like it's kind of hilarious, and we don't have to do too much on it. But it was. Uh, Look at some of the guys who are basically just glove only Hall of Famers, like you know, Ozzy Smith. People are starting to I'm not I don't think Omar Vizquel is gonna get in, but there's people that think he's they think he's going to get in or should get in. And uh to think A lot that, of them to think that Vizquel <laughs> should get in before Andrew Jones is hilarious because no. Vizquel yeah. you know, was was a great defender. Andrew Jones is a great defender who also has four hundred plus home runs, like and was an MVP candidate with his bat. He had fifty home runs in a season. Like there's these guys who are glove only, which I totally, I'm actually okay with if you have enough value. Like, I think if Anderton Simmons has been what he's been for a while now, if he can do that for 10 more years, he should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, but Andrew Simmons is not approaching the hitter Andrew Jones was at any point. Like, and this is his breakout year for Andrew But people just forget how good Andrew was as a hitter, like, because he always hit like 250 or whatever. But if you have that kind of power and that kind of glove, yeah, I'm getting mad all over again. But Andrew Jones should be in the Hall of Fame. That's just, that's where I am.
0: And I I mean, I think he's going to get... A decent amount of love this year. It's. I hope so. Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of agenda candidates, as it were. I mean, there's a lot of people who are pushing for Edgar Martinez, rightfully so. You know, well, there's the, there's <laughs> there's, the, there's, the, there's, the, there's the Larry Walker debate. There's a lot of like there's a lot of these like pet cause candidates. And there's also
1: that, the, the the ten the ten person rule and the, all the all the PED guys who you can argue about forever. Like there are yeah, people if you don't yeah, care yeah. about PEDs, there's,
0: there's Bonds and Clemens versus no Bonds and Clemens. I mean, Vlad Guerrero didn't get in last year, which doesn't make any sense to me at all mean, either. And, if you don't care I mean, like, about
1: PEDs, like good luck only having 10 like there are more than 10 people that are worthy of hall of fame induction right now that are not going to be able to get it and like that's i think it's i think it's keith Voss probably the most famous person that's been talked about that but like no there's there's some guys who would vote for 15 candidates and they they can't and andrew's going to yep. be probably in that list of that bottom five for a lot of people that they yeah that, would that, like that to 11 to
0: 15 yep yep he's to have to wait for a weaker class unfortunately I mean, is. this is this is a pretty this is a pretty tough ballot and i don't know if there's a lot of guys falling off this one if i'm kind of thinking about it um and that, I mean with the with the chipper stuff I mean yeah, look he, but by all the numbers he's he's gonna get in the hall and he he will get voted in uh but that said for future uh for for future Hall of Fame candidates it's probably best not to tweet your political views especially if they're on the fringes uh which is one of the best ways I think I have I can say about some yeah, of that's them that's a
1: very nice uh, a very nice way to put it I will say
0: yeah uh don't do that and uh you know I I personally have had said things on Twitter that I'm not exactly thrilled that I did not because I don't believe them, but at the same time it just became much more of a problem for me to deal with than just to keep my mouth shut. Uh, And I, nothing I have said, I believe approaches what chipper said. So it's a, you know, it's a, it's a tough thing in a world where, you know, there's so much information available and that, you know, a candidacy can be derailed so quickly, but at the same time, you know, as a public figure, you're, it's something that you have to manage and you can offend people and, you know, There, there are plenty of media personalities just in the state of Georgia. I can assure you, I dealt with a couple of them this past week (laughs) that 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 get their feelings hurt very, very easily. And you know, when you do something particularly extreme, even the most reasonable people might go, you know, is it time for us to take a stand against whatever? So yeah, I think uh, it's it's kind of of a weird thing because I want to be talking about Chipper's career, not necessarily talking about what he tweets about. Because I I mean, I'm not even sure if I follow him on Twitter anymore. I don't. If I'm just yeah. I don't so.
1: really follow many players anyway, but yeah, it's the stuff is bad. There's no way around it. All the things and you can Google it, I'm not gonna to read them off to you, but uh yeah, this it's not good from Chipper. Um I will say this the precedent for the baseball hall of fame uh is is such where Chipper's tweets should not keep him out of the baseball hall of fame. There are people that are like documentedly terrible people that are in the baseball oh, hall of fame. Confirmed. Uh, so some, it's not like argu-
0: ar- arguably the best hitter to play baseball. Ty Cobb, look up that guy and what kind of awful human being he was. Uh right. and no one would argue about it. I mean, and and look, Chimper's th- I'm not arguing for Chipper to get in or not or not get in at all regardless of any of this because by the numbers and by his career, he's a Hall of Famer and I frankly think this discussion is a little silly and I think he'll end up getting in with like probably, I don't know, over 80% I would imagine. Uh, beyond that, I I beyond that I have no way of projecting how the, any of this stuff happens anymore. There's too many other factors to go into it
1: for sure and i i do think like it's uh i had the same conversation with actually about baker mayfield and the Heisman trophy last week because people wanted people suddenly wanted to make it into, into into a character award after a few guys in the last several years have don't have the greatest character references um so for me I, i'm always going to deal with on field more than anything especially when it ha- when you had that precedent from, from the baseball hall of fame and again i am not defending chipper's tweets because uh, they're bad um but he's uh you know Chipper's a no doubt hall of famer it's not even it's not particularly close to be honest with you like and even the thing is he, Chipper is so good and this is kind of you can believe you can say you can sort of believe in this or not but Chipper's candidacy is so good that he can afford to have people not vote for him for character reasons and still get in like there, there are some guys you know An, if Andrew had this kind of character stuff and Andrew has a couple of little hiccups on his on his resume as well uh, there's other, there's other people that have um, candidacies that couldn't survive this I think Chipper is going to get in. Um, and
0: let's, let's be real for a second on this Andrew hall of fame campaign of yours. This is just to get more royalties from that. The, the, Andrew Jones documentary you did, right? Uh,
1: that what, all that, that, those $0 royalties really come <laughs> in hard. Uh, no, that was, yeah, it's my one television appearance, but, um,
0: but my daughter actually saw you on the, we were at a Braves game that was being rain delayed and it was being shown on the little TV monitors. And I pointed, out, I'm like, that's Brad. I write with him.
1: That is uh. Uh, it's very funny because, um, uh, the reason they found me was because I wrote about Andrew in a glowing way. And they said, hey, talk about that on the show that we're doing. And I said, okay. Um, so it wasn't like, I mean, there's a, I, I still don't know how I got to be on there. And there are a couple of times where it cuts from like Tom Glavin to me and then to John Smoltz. <laughs> and it's like, why am I on this broadcast? Does anyone know I'm on this broadcast? Even even Bowman, uh, Bowman and Terrence Moore are the other writers that are on it. And uh, Terrence Moore was an AJC columnist for a long time. Bowman is Bowman, and it's like, hey, there, who's that other guy in the in the checkered shirt? Who is that guy? Um, so no, I uh, appreciate those guys having me on. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> thank uh, you. Please have me back. I do like Andrew Jones' candidacy quite a bit, so I'll be uh, this year. I'm not going to do the whole rant because I, I know he's not going to get in. There's a zero percent chance he gets in this year. Um, but d- down the line, if we're doing this in five years, Eric, uh, you'll, you'll be hearing me like weeping into the microphone about hey, how Andrew should be a Hall of Famer. So just prepare for that.
0: Right, I'm gonna mark this laid I've got it, buddy.
1: Get ready to do it. Um, well, uh, I think we've probably done enough on this on this fine Sunday evening. Unless you have something else you want to talk about, because I'm I'm kind of out of things. Because I mean, we could litigate the investigation until the end of time, but I kind of just want to move on. I know we had to talk about it once, but that'll probably be it for me unless something else happens.
0: Uh, I mean, that's pretty much it for me. Beyond the fact that you know, major league, uh, major league baseball could still fire pe- or not hit people that were in that are in the international operations market for the Braves. That was mentioned in their release. Uh, oh, yes. We still just we we still don't know exactly who those people are going to be. Uh, I would imagine that they're going to give a log, look to a guy like Chad McDonald, who seemed to be uh, heavily involved in the the bay signing, for example, and the uh,
1: uh, and also the. Uh... What was that? the the absolute no comment from the Braves afterwards? The we will not be discussing this any further. I mean, what was the last line? I was like, oh, that's interesting. I'm not sure. Yeah, who yeah. said that. But okay.
0: You know, they, they want it to be done with, and I that get doesn't. It. That, you, you don't necessarily get your wish in these things, but you know, they're at least going to get their their feelings about it out there. Um, and uh, we winter meetings are coming up. Yes. they're like right. Baseball. They're like right on us so you know actual baseball talk and trades and then once now that we know what the punishments are we know who the braves are going to keep and not keep and after the winter meetings it's going to be pro- prospect list time for us so a little yeah, bit a little bit
1: uh diminished this time around because uh less options to talk about but uh, honestly i mean okay real quickly uh in your mind before i get out of here um i know that i'm putting you on put you on the spot here uh you know your, your list is usually at top uh, is it twenty five or thirty? I can't remember. Uh, we went to a thirty this year. Thirty. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, how many? How many guys would have been in the top thirty for sure that the bridge were losing? My top is to sure. won.
0: For sure, three to four.
1: Three or four. Okay, so it's not like it's going to decimate the top thirty, but no. it will have an effect.
0: No, I mean, like, and it's probably going to be like one top ten guy, and then some guys towards the, I would say, some guys in that twenty to thirty range, uh, yeah. and even that, even that, isn't that's not like a guarantee because we do a. Oh well, we
1: it's going to change but yeah.
0: Yeah, and we do a vote too so and it's there's not just you. <laughs> yeah, even even amongst us there is disagreement as to kind of how high our guys are going to be and how those votes will turn out but I would say 3 to 4 guys.
1: I just think it's more context for people that don't necessarily like, sort of understand the gravity but you know, three three or four of the top 30 prospects in arguably what was the best system in baseball it's uh, that's a lot of people that's a lot of guys. So it's basically not like not. making a in, in short that's basically what you would have paid for like a Pretty darn good baseball player, and a would, 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 would have qualified as a blockbuster trade, except you don't get any return.
0: Oh uh, yeah, and actually, um, uh, our own Ivan the Ter- <laughs> Ivan the Great uh, messaged the me. Uh, Ivan the Great, Ivan the Great. Uh, he uh, <laughs> he he messaged me, and he did a breakdown of kind of the overall expected loss in dollar amounts from all the punishments. Oh, I, bet I bet it's a. Lot. Uh, first, first of all, it's a great piece, and I sincerely hope he post it soon. And secondly, it is awful to see in those types of numbers yeah I mean it that's is, the thing I'm, I'm,
1: my first thought was like what it, not, not that the Braves were going to be f- trading 13 prospects but if you, if you just pick the top you know, 3, 4, 5 of these guys and like put them in a trade package what you could have commanded uh, and it would have been like a real thing like they could have gotten and, him quite a bit it, from it, that
0: it, it would have been a real thing that's yeah. the
1: simplest way to think about it like if you're trying to figure it out in terms of just you know who are these guys you know if you're not a prospect guy Like just think about this. If you if you suddenly traded three or four of the Braves' top thirty prospects, including one of their top you know seven eight nine, uh, you would have gotten a lot back. Let's just say that.
0: Uh, Correct. Um, Oh, and one last thing. Uh, Ivan and I are also working on an article projecting Ronald Acuna's twenty seventeen season, making some assumptions, of course. Uh, yes. using, you, you, uh, using some, you know, the the Ivan math and then me just kind of chipping in and trying not to get in his way. Uh, and hopefully, you know, uh, hopefully this will kind of spur him to kind of uh, help. We can maybe get that out this week as well. So at least we can talk about something else other than all this.
1: Beautiful. And, uh, yeah, check that out for sure. Also, uh good friend of the program slash uh, website, Dan Zaborski from uh, ESPN. Uh, basically did one huge eyeball emoji when he talked about Acuna Zip's projection. Apparently it's going to be off the charts. Uh,
0: and I've talked to Zim a little bit about this uh, this very article, so uh, we're going to be quoting him a little bit in there. And, Keep you know, an eye on that.
1: It's coming. Yes, Yeah, it's, you know, yeah, it's going it's, it's,
0: it's to be a fun piece, to be sure. People and, uh, love read Acuna. I, yeah, and def, definitely read Ivan's piece, the one just about the overall financial effect, because I read it and it was eye-opening, to be sure. Uh, and also, everything Ivan reads is amazing so just immediately read it if it has him in the in the byline
1: yeah ivan's the best uh, shouts to ivan who probably hopefully will listen to this i don't know but yeah shouts to ivan for sure uh well thank you sir i appreciate you coming on as always uh even though if it was five days late for everybody and it's very late so i'm gonna let you get out of here but i, I appreciate your ministry as always i i gotta
0: I, got, I gotta keep scott at bay with the the total number of guest appearances i can't i, I don't think there's any risk well i mean I, it's gonna take a long time to catch up with carlos but you know, it's really I, not.
1: You guys are almost there. Like I think pe- people forget about how how long Carlos has been gone. But I almost had. Uh, I, I think I might have Carlos' on him because Baseball America did a lot of great work, and they seem to love him. They are they are really pubbing my man Carlos. He's right now. great. He is. For, he I was love great Carlos, for us. But it's he's
0: great. Co- he's covering the hell out of the draft. You know, I mean, he just he does everything the way you're supposed to. He's just a he's just a, a good guy. TC alum, love Carlos to death. Uh, I wish I talked to him more. I I kind of sometimes i find myself I'm like wow it's been two months since i said hi to that guy so um but just a great dude just doing a lot of great work over baseball america and just baseball america in general ben badler jj cooper all those guys really really covered this exceedingly well yeah they killed so. him
1: in a big way so shouts to those guys as well all right man well thank you uh, and for everybody else we'll be back next week unless nothing happens uh, but I'm, I'm sure if something will happen even then uh, I will generally be here every week, even if nothing happens. And we'll just make up things to talk about. Um, but I, I have a feeling stuff will be coming out of Pike pretty soon. If not by the winter meetings, there'll definitely be something happening out of that. So, check us out as always on the site. Check out Eric's work. Follow Eric, follow Eric, follow Eric on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at Talking Shop. Follow the site at, on Facebook as well. Do all that fun stuff. We'll see you guys in a few days. Bye.